What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Okay, um, all you alcoholics out there. Ah! <laughs> that was fun. That Have one a seat, good. Get up, shake it off. Shake it off. Whatever it is. Um, thanks for listening to everyone who has been listening since the beginning. For those of you just finding us... Um, all I can say is you may feel completely fucked and there may be some fuckery going on. But some fuckery? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be okay. I mean, it's going to be all right. It really is. There's plenty of times I didn't think it was going to be all right. And it, it seems to have worked out just fine. And and look where you are now. Mm. Ma, ma, I'm shitting in tall cotton. Look at me now. No look hands. Look at me now. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um... It's a beautiful day here in Northern California. The skies are clear. It's got that, I think we're going to have our last little heat wave, but it's like 75 degrees outside. I sat nice. in the sun. I had my little peanut butter oatmeal. Nice. Which sounds weird, but it was really delicious and kind of just had a beautiful uh, morning. Went to a Zoom meeting and wrote in my journal. And yeah, how about you? It's uh, we're hitting fall here in Oregon. It's uh, cloudy and rainy, which I don't mind. It's a little brisk, windy. Mm-hmm. I have been locked in my garage uh, for the past five days for about four to six hours a day working on paintings. We're gearing up for the move here, so I've got four commission paintings due in mm-hmm. about 60 days. So I'm rushing. Plus, I gave notice at the tattoo shop, and they already hired a new person, so I have to get all my shit out of the shop in the next two weeks. <laughs> they're like, hey, And finish, finish one more tattoo. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so. They're like, that's great. Can you please get your shit out of here? Fucking Can you, uh, JoJo's get the fuck out of here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you for your service. Can you, uh, get the fuck out of here, all right, Jerry? It's been a great 12 years, but, uh, you need to move But, uh, or how long has it been? To, uh, this, this time around six years, but okay. all in all, it's been about, I've been tattooing for 20. <laughs> 20 <laughs> years. 20 years, so 14 at that tattoo shop. 14 there and then six in parts unknown. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, three in Seattle and three in Tucson. So, sew buttons on your socks, as Walter likes yeah. to say. That's um, weird, man. <laughs> sew buttons That's on so your socks? That's so fucking uncomfortable. I think, I think That's some weird... Yeah, I don't know where it's from. It's from some, uh, I don't know, probably 50s... Yeah, Slang. dude. That dude's know. all about churning butter and shit. He, he is know. about churning. So actually, I guess he told me he just got a uh, butter is. churn for his birthday. Good boy, right? Because so. I listened to the gluten is not your whatever problem, and he was talking about churning butter with a marble in a baby food jar or something. <laughs> yes, just a mother of invention, you know, necessity. He's like, uh, I need fresh churned butter. Um, so I have a few things I wanted to get your um, get your insight on, Jerry. But one. Um, is, did you watch any, did you see any clips from, uh, this last week's, uh, Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Okay. Did you see the, uh, when Bill Burr did the Samuel Adams commercial? Oh no, I didn't do that one last night. You didn't watch I did, that No, one. I watched last week. Sorry. Yeah. I'm well, probably okay. So for anybody out there who didn't see it, go stop the show. I'm going to explain it. Um, and I guess I should have mentioned this to you earlier so you could have watched the three-minute clip mm-hmm. um but basically it's a commercial for sam adams pumpkin spice beer uh-huh. and you're familiar with bill burr and his cantankerous yeah. angry uh massachusetts self yeah so it's all these people going like "Ooh, this is really good i'm not a beer drinker but this is delicious and they're like sam adams making the great beer and he's like 
like pounds it. He's like, I don't like this shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Or he's like, he spits it out. He's like, what is this garbage? And it's like him with a look. At, I think he's got like a jersey on with a vest, and he's got a broken arm. He's got his arm in a cast and just <laughs> looking all rough. And at one point, he's like fighting with his kid, and he's like, "Yeah, you want to take a swing at your old man, huh? Is uh-huh. today the day?" And they're like in the cereal aisle, and he's like, "Reese's Puffs, put that shit back. What are you, an eight year old? Go get some cornflakes." You know, and like, so it's basically, um, and I'm watching this and it's pretty funny, right? Because, you know, uh, and I don't want to go into Bill Burr's monologue, which has all kinds of other implications about cancel culture and wokeness and all that stuff. And yeah, he I likes that own, shit. I, I, I don't, I don't, I mean. That's why I kind of avoided it, actually, because right. it just kind of, he pisses me off. I used to like him a lot. But me now too, like, me too. Anyway. And I, I just, I'm, I'm, I mean, my whole thing is like, I don't think anyone's getting canceled if you're still getting asked to host SNL because they didn't ask right. you last week. Doing fucking great, exactly. <laughs> and I haven't been saying wild shit, and nobody's asked me to host anything. Right. Maybe a Zoom AA meeting. Right. <laughs> so, so this, this thing goes, and it ends with him like threatening and like dragging his son, and they're like, like having this tussle in the grocery aisle, and. You know, every all the other people who are supposed to be happy and enjoying their pumpkin spice beer are kind of awkward and weird. And, you know, it's this sort of Sam Adams, you know, and I got a message from somebody who I know and they're from uh, the Boston area. And they uh-huh. were like, they sent that to me kind of like, ha ha. And I, I said, yeah, it's part of me thinks it's funny, but like a part of me thinks it's pretty painful, too. And they said, yeah, you know, that's just kind of a way of life about, you know, your, I don't know, they said something like, you know, abusive parents who work hard and there's, but that's their good parenting, right? Is, you know, right. And I really was kind of, and I don't want to ruin the joke and I don't want to be a killjoy, but like, there seems to be this culture that is celebrated of abusive parents and in specific. I mean, I don't want to say everybody, but the Boston stereotype, right? Or the mm-hmm. East Coast stereotype or the old school stereotype, um, which, you know, can mean East Coast. I've heard that term old school or, you know, we're just old school. That's should We just don't do things like like they do over there or nowadays. And I don't know, man, like the idea of an alcoholic, abusive parent who is, you know, stifling their own emotions and threatening their children and causing you know aggression and passive aggressive and all this stuff it really didn't ring that funny to me on second thought mm-hmm. when i started to think about the the expression that we have or that this 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 comedy bit this sketch was was trying to make mm-hmm. was that that was funny that he was an asshole right that, that real just, Bostonians are assholes, or you know what I mean? Yeah, it just sounds like your cancel culture is really showing right now, John. <laughs> I mean, maybe it sounds maybe. like you're being really fucking. You're being just kind of a soy boy cuck. You know am what I'm I? saying? Am I? No, am I, I don't am I know. Being... I didn't watch the sketch, but yeah. that being said, I mean, we all have different experiences with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you grew up with an abusive old man. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Who stifled you and shit? You know, I grew up with my dad being absent for a lot of my life, but my mother grew up with abusive parents and kind of, she wasn't necessarily abusive with us, but it definitely wasn't the most healthiest of households I grew up in. I don't Mm -hmm. know if anybody really grew up in an ideal household. I don't even know if I'm providing an ideal household for my daughter. I would hope I am. But that being said, I think it would probably sting you a little bit more because you're coming in with bias already. Do you know what I'm saying? And there's also bias against Bill Burr. Like I was like, man, I don't want to watch this because I I made it through part of his comedy routine or whatever, and I, I his previous special, and I just I couldn't finish it because it was just pissing me off. Because I know people who actually think like that and apply that thought to their life mm-hmm. that it's not a joke. Mm-hmm. These aren't jokes. This guy is actually signaling to them that that being intolerant to other people is okay because the way you were raised was intolerant and I just Mm -hmm. can't fuck with that anymore so when I saw that he was on Saturday Night Live I'm like good for you dude but like I just don't really you don't you're not funny to me very much anymore except for F is for family is fucking hilarious to me still (laughs) for some reason which also he's an abusive parent you know Um, I remember being in the car in Seattle with my dad and my mom and I was kind of half cocked. They came to visit me. We we're a little drunk, and we we're driving to a bar you worked at. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I was talking about how at work we used to really relate about getting our asses kicked by our parents because my mom used to beat us with a fly swatter, right? Because she didn't wear chanclas. And that's like the whole Mexican joke. The Mexican-American joke is that your mom hits you with a chancla. And we all relate mm-hmm. on that. Our moms hit us with a flip-flop, you know, a fucking rubber flip-flop or a sandal, a chancla. And my mom didn't wear them, so she would hit us with a fly swatter. And I was, like, joking about that because in hindsight, it's kind of funny. Like, you, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was getting hit with a fly swatter. Now, the the, ramif- the repercussions and ramifications of all that as you grow up and that, you know, it kind of fucks with your head a little bit. But anyway, while I'm telling this joke, talking about this story to my dad lightheartedly, my dad got really fucking defensive and he got pissed off. He was like, listen, man, I was an alcoholic. I wasn't around. Your mother was working with the best that she had. And I think it's fucked up for you to joke about that. And like, you know, because he felt like it was me. I I guess it was an attack to him. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It was something he wasn't comfortable with. And I didn't realize it in the moment. And uh, I guess now looking back on it, yeah, like normalizing an abusive childhood could be a coping mechanism. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. So you can look at the brutality of it and you can look at, the unfairness of it and the unhappiness of it and the way that those are the origins, in my opinion, the ways that those are the origins of my future behaviors. And I can either feel really raw about it or I can laugh about it and be like, man, that was fucked up. I'm glad I made it through and I'm glad the people I'm with grew to not do that anymore. I don't mm-hmm. know, man. I think for you it rings a little differently because I think you feel like, and I can't tell you how you feel, but my observation is like maybe your old man never grew from it. Do you know what no. I mean? Like he just kind of stayed the same and then passed away, you know? So right. for you, it's I think it rings different. And I think you should own it. I think you should absolutely own it. If you feel that way, fuck it. Who cares? It's a Bill Burr bit about beating your kids while you're drunk. <laughs> I mean, it's Which, right? Its- okay, I, I, initially I laugh. Like that's, you know, when you right. say that. I mean, think about the Chappelle Sam Adams skit. That shit mm-hmm. was fucking hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. Makes you want to fight a motherfucker. Like, that shit to me is funny. It's mm-hmm. still funny. So, I'd, I'd have to watch the Burr bit, but like I said, he makes me uncomfortable because I'm like, what is this fucking cancel culture and shit? Like, give it a rest. Like, times are changing, Joe Rogan. Times are changing, Bill Burr. <laughs> times are changing. You, Jerry Seinfeld, you either roll with it or you fucking don't. But you sitting in the corner, I don't know. This is a whole other thing other than alcoholism. So, and I, it always I, annoys me. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying at all that people should not. Like that, I'm not saying that sketch shouldn't be made. No, I'm not make saying, it. I'm not saying that I don't believe that despite that Bill Burr is not a multifaceted human being with a, right. you know, rich tapestry of emotion, feeling, thoughts, and insight, wisdom, experience, all of those right. things. And that I don't want to, um, I, I certainly don't want to judge him solely on a, a sketch or a joke or a single thought or idea because I don't think right. it's helpful in any sort of dialogue to just be like, oh yeah, see, that's the problem there. Don't you see, right. you could you could be using your energy towards something better or don't you see what you're doing? Now there is the problem of these people who have big platforms and say these things and like you said, the, a lot of the people that listen to them latch on to a joke and then it becomes a personality trait or an, and- an ideology. I know that personally I share space with motherfuckers. That turned me off about it even more because I was like, you really think that this is okay? Like, mm-hmm. but anyway. So, but it I was just the, the pumpkin spice beer. Um, right. Was Which I love. I used to love pumpkin beer. I didn't, I didn't mind it. There was a couple, there was one out of Maine that I remember having that was like, oh, this is good. It was like, it was called like Jack-O-Lantern or jack o uh, or something like yeah. that. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so it was just something that was interesting to me that 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 was a normal thing and that we right. we commiserate as a whole about this particular type of person from this particular area and that mm-hmm. this is acceptable and that this is true. So it's not like I'm saying we shouldn't we shouldn't discuss it or make comedy about it or anything like that. Please do. We Continue should. To. Yeah. We should. It, it, it helps to hurt. It really does. Laughing about it helps. <laughs> uh huh. It does. I just feel that there are deeper problems that are in that comedy as far as alcoholism goes. And it just kind of struck right. me in a different way than it normally did when I watched it. Because I watched right. it and I was chuckling and I was like, yep, I know exactly what it's like to fucking pound a beer and be like, this tastes like shit, man. Might as well finish them. Yeah. You know, let's get them yeah. done quickly. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
So it was just it was just an interesting insight this uh, this morning when I I came across it and I was like, oh, okay, huh. I guess that's just you know, I I, I don't and I don't really have maybe it's a little a you're sitting there with your fucking peanut butter oats fucking looking at the birds and <laughs> contemplating your weird new hippie lifestyle and that joke just had a little bit too much umami it it's did it spicy. was a little savory you were like spicy. maybe i should have fucking had some doritos before this one right? instead of my yeah my john so, denver flaxseed fucking mm-hmm. porridge out here i forgot to put chia seeds in my oatmeal um i put chia seeds in my oatmeal though <laughs> <laughs> but i also listen to minor threat when i'm doing it so you know mm, nice um yeah so yeah, man, I just think it's interesting and I think it's I think it's something to consider when we laugh at these things and when we laugh mm-hmm. at these these stereotypical cuz I don't think everybody from Boston is a alcoholic abusive asshole. Right. And um, I also don't think every alcoholic is an abusive asshole either. Right. I, I we don't all fit. We all fit in one mold in the sense that we have the comp- compulsion to be to mm-hmm. to rely on a substance to the point where it completely hinders our life lives or kills us right Mm -hmm. that's our that's our fucking mold but other than that we're all different like i know alcoholics who are active alcoholics who are like really fucking nice people even Mm -hmm. when they're drunk they just keep doing this compulsion till it either you know till it fucks up all you know till everything else falls by the wayside and they fuck up everything else i can't ever fault an active alcoholic i can but i can't as well you know i can't be like oh that guy's a drunk that's why he's a piece of shit i used to be like that actually and over the past few years i've come to realize that that's kind of bullshit you know like i don't know man what, i that, think we that really you, get that just being a drunk makes you an asshole or that yeah oh yeah i'd be like that guy's an alcoholic he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about fuck that fuck that person mm-hmm. or that 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 lady's a drunk or whoever you know right that, so I, I would say that one indicator – I used to be really judgmental and that one indicator was like, well, that person has no – everything they're doing it has like really small validity. Mm-hmm. The validity of it is a lot less than me because I'm this sober warrior or whatever. you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't really feel that way anymore. As I get older, I realize it's all less about the binary – and more about, you know, all these shades of gray. Same with that joke. I bet you if you watch that joke later this evening, it would have hit a little differently. I bet mm-hmm. it's all mind frame too. And people like to jump on that, you know. What they're feeling in the moment, it hits them hard and then they get all fucked off about it. And then that's also the credo they follow. Just like people I know who the credo they follow is like anti-feminist or anti-trans or you know what I'm saying? Like it's really easy to put things in a box and just stick with them that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I didn't watch it. I'll watch it though. Maybe I don't know. I like I said, I don't find him very funny, but I love Saturday Night Live. So I'm like, and also I don't find Saturday Night Live really funny sometimes either. I'm like, oh, this is stupid. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, Alec this... Baldwin's Trump is hot trash, dude. <laughs> well, this this particular episode of was 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 highly lauded for many different things and Kate McKinnon and some other stuff, but it just kind of popped up and I was like, oh, and I started watching it and of course, you know, the chuckle started and then I was like, oh, that's really fucking painful. And like, yeah, it hits you. Little oh. mommy hits you so, spicy. I get it, man. So, I get it. So that's all. Um, yeah. Dude, I so, can't watch any, and I don't want to get political, but once again, like due to personal experience and relatability, like I can't watch Trump comedy stuff because of my strong feelings for mm-hmm. him and I know this is a recovery podcast but I'm trying to make it relatable right? right like someone's like oh do you ever watch that cartoon Trump on Showtime whatever and I'm like no because there's nothing funny about the man to me like I don't derive humor from it because of my relation to it right you know that awkward comedy like meet the fuckers like I can't stand that shit because of my relation oh man and I love Larry David and I think he's great but I can't watch Curb Your Enthusiasm because of the social the social like awkwardness of it you know it's not funny to me it makes me highly uncomfortable because of my relatability towards it right you know? right yeah right so that being said so, i kind of bear what letter are we on well, exactly p for pumpkin spice beer um we're on Boom! P. <laughs> um but i did bury the lead a little bit um just because i wanted to talk about that that first that was on my mind mm-hmm. but i had a couple of um a couple of things i wanted to talk to you about jerry is purpose and procrastination oh and, god um <clears throat> oh, she's gonna turn into a me. lecture i know well no so i had a conversation <laughs> i don't it's not a lecture i, I want your no, input I'm i want your you. insight no um, yeah i'm here to provide man i'm but, a endless know. i'm a 
uh, uh, what is it? Bottomless well of insight. <laughs> I was talking to our uh, long-haired friend on the phone the other day, and he mm-hmm. was talking to me about you know dealing with shit and having like you talk about having to move, and he's having to move soon. And we were having this long conversation about the purpose and the purpose in life and like what is your purpose? And he was wow. saying. He was saying he's going to work with this guy every single day, and he's been doing the same thing for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And um, and he said, you know what, man? He said to me, <laughs> you'll love this. He's like, he said something like, there's no more mysteries to unearth there. <laughs> yeah, I have, I, have, I have learned everything I can learn. At the painting job? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. What other mysteries would be in the painting job? And I know right now, if he's sitting here, he's going to be like, fucking Jerry. (laughs) That's not what I mean. But it struck me in Mm -hmm. a way that when we we had this conversation about purpose and that this continual going to work doing something over and over and I could quite possibly do it over and over for the next 30 years you know I could probably go wait tables over and over for the next 30 years and and I I often wonder about like what is my purpose and um and how do I see myself and how do I best use what I have now right is it mm-hmm. is it making sure that somebody gets um Brussels sprouts to start the meal is that the best use of my time? No, that's Probably an awful not. use of time, baby. It's fucking capitalism. We live <laughs> in a capitalist society. Would you really choose no. to fucking go serve people Brussels sprouts and wine in a wildfire? No, no, no. You probably wouldn't do it on a sunny day. We live no. in a capitalist society, so I think the idea of basing our purpose on work is really is a really shaky foundation. But then again, where do we base our purpose on then? See, this is the question, right? Huh. Well, welcome to the resistance, and, comrade. And then, yeah, welcome. <laughs> See, you've taken the red pill. I want to reclaim the red pill, by the way. This is going to be a slightly political episode, I can tell already. I'm all right, sorry. Well, Everybody, I mean, I'm sorry. Don't drink. Just, you'll be all just right. Just don't drink. Okay? But, my, but the purpose, so as I was sitting out there in the sun, I had this thought. I'm out right. there and I'm enjoying this oatmeal and the birds are chirping the sun and the weather is perfect and it's glorious. And I've got the little rocking chair that I put out in the sun so I can kind of just rock there. Obviously, right. oh my that's, God. Just my, that's my happy place, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, would you, if you, is there a choice? Would you choose to go to work today? Like, would you choose it? And I was like, no, I would choose to go and be out in the wild somewhere running or biking or doing something active. And like, do I need to have some sort of like, Maybe P is for productivity, but you know, was is there something that has to absolutely be productive today? And I was like, no, I wouldn't choose to be productive. I wouldn't choose to unless it was something I was passionate about. There's another P right. for you, Jerry. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but the, so it's like okay, except I have led myself through some bad decisions or just some decisions. We don't have to judge them either if we really don't want to. Where in I need money today, this week, right? Right. Yeah. And so I'm going to go trade in some time for some money. Right. And hopefully it feels good at the end of the uh, end of the day. Unfortunately, with my job, I have no idea how much it's going to actually pay me. I mean, I have a rough estimate, and it's not bad. But you know, it's like it's kind of like when you if you don't have any appointments. You've had days where you probably don't do shit, and then you've had days where you're busy all day, right? Right. I'd have a day where I'd come in like on a Sunday, and then I'd come in at noon, and then by if I had nobody come in by like one thirty, two o'clock, I'd just go home. And the people I worked with were blown away by that. They'd be like, why are you leaving? You can make money. You'd miss out on an appointment. I'm like, because I don't want to waste my day sitting here waiting in this room, mm-hmm. in this box. I want to go be outside. I want to go hug my daughter. I want to sit in my backyard. I want to go paint. Mm-hmm. Even with the painting now, I think that's why I'm so I gravitate towards it so much more because I feel like I'm being productive. I'm going and making something. I'm not just making what I'm making what other people want, but it's I don't know. It just mm-hmm. feels different because I'm not sitting in a box in downtown Eugene watching bums shit on the floor across the street, waiting to do something I feel no passion about. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. It 
productivity. I think we need to be productive as human beings, right? We have to make things or do things or work on something. But the idea of doing it, trading our time for money has always fucked me up. I've always hated it. Mm-hmm. I've never liked it, man. Well, That's why I, I think didn't go into produce, dude. What's we'll that again? <laughs> That's why I didn't go to produce. We, I come from. I was born and raised. Well, of course, produce. little backstory for Jerry. I was born and raised on the border of New Mexico, and Mex- being on the border, it's a huge hub for produce grown in Mexico. My entire family, they're a produce family. My father was a produce salesman for forty years. You know what I'm saying? Like my uncles all produce. My grandfather was a truck broker. You know, we're all produce. And they've always said, well, why doesn't Jerry just go into produce? He's got the name. He's got the family legacy. He could make really good money just on his name alone, just selling produce. And I was like, because I don't want to trade my time doing that. That's not for me. It doesn't work for me. Like I want to make things. I want, and I'm not saying that's not a noble profession. People have to eat. You know what I'm saying? And you have to make sure that goods go from point A to point B. I don't discount it just for me. Right. I don't want to sit in an office and figure out how I'm going to get goods from point A to point B or whatever it is. It just wasn't my jam. Mm-hmm. No, man. I no produce like, pun intended. Wasn't no my jam. produce pun intended. It wasn't my jam, dude. You know. Now I'm trying to think of produce puns. God damn. Uh, get some fresh beets. Yeah, dude, some fresh. <laughs> so um, I guess this what is it productivity and procrastination? Well, no, no, purpose. Your purpose in life. Purpose. So, so what I what I what hear is from the you, What is purpose? So one thing I think about if we if you go back and let's do a, a, an episode like a year ago and we talk about this and you'd be like, yeah, man, I can't really quit my job. I don't really want to paint somebody else's paintings. And I would hear you say like, yeah, I can't just fucking quit my job. And then the whole thing like I want to paint for me. And what I see now is that you have taken in a in a time of crisis, which was basically the beginning of the pandemic. Well, right. What the fuck am I going to do? Well, I literally can't go to work. So now I'm not making any money. And then we begin to see, oh, I can survive without making money. I mean, not for long, but like. No. But then it's- you were like, OK, I can do this. And you found some sort of purpose and interest in doing these paintings for other people it didn't zap all of your joy for painting away because it was somebody else's dog (laughs) right fair enough it is still fair enough you never know it is still fresh yeah exactly and it could but then i can always walk away from it i mean i took a hiatus from painting for like a year i just stopped Mm -hmm. painting but go ahead carry on so i think about that for me and like what do i do what do i like to do what am i interested in what are the things like even in the job that I have now is I like putting stuff together. And by that, I mean like the production side and putting puzzles together and organizing people and time and places. And, you know, whether it be like the podcast or even when I'm putting to go orders, you know, together, Mm -hmm. there's like this whole little thing about what do I need and where is everything and having things organized in a certain way and calling out orders to the chef and talking to them and being and knowing when they've forgotten something before they know they've forgotten it and kind of like, hey, just so you know, I need this. And so and I I'm trying to understand what that might be. And the best word I can come up with, and I don't know if this sounds pretentious, but is a producer of of something, whether it be a podcast or whatever that thing might be of some kind of artwork for me that's what i like to do and i like to collaborate course, with other yeah. people mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. and you know with other people that i've collaborated with and so that's kind of my you know cuz i like writing i like creating i like editing i like all those things and um you know before we ever started this podcast and talking about sobriety i never wanted sobriety and recovery to be in the forefront of that right. I say mm-hmm. out loud on the podcast mm-hmm. like I didn't want to be known for it I didn't want to be defined by it it was like it was fine if it was uh, a thing in my life and it sort of played in the background and it was even fine if it was a foundation for all the other things that I was going to do but I never yeah. wanted it to be the defining thing and now you know we sit here talking about it on a weekly basis right I had this book that I've been working on for fucking years that is that sounds i'm i'm terrified because mostly it's not as big and as vast as as you you saw as something that somebody's actually been working on but a lot of it has been not working on it too mm-hmm. but like trying to find a purpose that just trying to find a purpose man because there's no there's not going to be a better time than right now 
And I, I, I right. say that, You're I right. say that mm-hmm. knowing that I'm going to be going to go wait tables in a couple of hours. <laughs> right. Right. So I, I have trouble balancing it like anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about your, like your being vocal and open and be you being defined by your sobriety or your recovery? Does it, does it matter? Does it, I don't think about it that much. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I really don't. I do and don't, I do mm-hmm. and don't. And it's always really comparative is what mm-hmm. it is. I don't, I, this is the most I really talk about it is on this podcast, unless I'm talking to my wife or someone brings it up, but I'm also right. in this house. I've been in this house for seven months now, That's with just my wife and kids. So I can't be like, Hey, Olive, let me tell you about my rock bottom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or let me tell you about my perspective of being sober. But I'm also like very real with that kid about drugs and alcohol and stuff but that being said like i don't it's not i think you're it's more in your forefront than it is mine like it's just an aspect of my personality but it's not like the main part of my personality it's just a big part of who i am and who i was and who i will be and all that other shit um you know what i do think about when we're talking is like what are you know that that big philosophical question of what is purpose or what is your purpose of life which is i mean really a human being problem more you know a dog doesn't think about his purpose in life a horse doesn't i don't think it's true. i don't know i'd have to ask the horse but eh. but um i what i think is how i as part of my recovery was like i didn't want my purpose in life to just be a machine that drank you know what I mean? And like that was mm-hmm. it, you know, and then having some good times and lighting off a road flare in the house and woohoo or whatever. And then that was those are just those tiny blips on just drinking. And so I don't know, man, I looked at work. I looked at the tattoo shop and I was like, do I want this to also be my purpose? Like this is all I do is all I am is a tattooer. I've always really resented that, that like the depth of my character was that I tattooed and that all people wanted to talk to me about was what they wanted to get tattooed on them. And I just didn't. I was like, that I'm happy for you and that's great, but that's not who I am. I have there's a lot of other facets to me as a person. So with me in recovery, that's not my that's not the facet I come forward with. Do you know what I mean? I don't shake hands and go, Hi, I'm an alcoholic. You know, like I don't shake hands at all anymore. But you know, I don't fit I don't elbow bump and say, Hi, I'm an alcoholic. You know, uh, it, but if it comes up, I'm more than ha- I'm open. I'm an open book, but that's like a chapter of my book. It's not the title of the book, right. you know. So for me in recovery, I, if, if I can sit down and talk to you with about, uh, with you about this for an hour a week and, you know, and other people listen to it and get something from it, that's what I want. You know what I mean? But I don't have to remind everybody around me constantly that I'm sober or be on Instagram and be like, I'm fucking sober, you know, because I just am. And if you know me, you know, that's what I do now. Because if you knew me as a drunk, that's all I did is remind everybody I was a drunk. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, by my actions and by my clothes. I wear clothes that were like alcoholic on the front. I had that bar star, this 80 with a big 86 on the back and a t-shirt, you know, that said alcoholic mm-hmm. on the front. But like, that's all I did. Every photo on Instagram was like a bar photo. Everything was reminding you that I like to have a really good time. And I'm not like everybody else because I like to get drunk and have a good time and get wild and smoke cigarettes and fucking take my shirt off where I shouldn't be taking my shirt off. Which I still kind of do now, but shirt thing at least. In a different way. In a different way. But that's the thing though, right? Like, so for me, recovery, I'm not embarrassed of it. I'm not, I just, it's not, I don't know. I think you and I hold it in different regards, but it's Mm -hmm. really important to both of us. But we have different ways of expressing it, you know? We also have incredibly different lives, you and I. Yeah. We live two very different lives. Yeah. I think, I think too, because I handle, you know, somewhat intermittently but i handle the the social media aspect of this podcast there's Mm -hmm. a little more interaction and very much so yeah Mm -hmm. having to think about how i curate what is what our perception or how people perceive us yeah people perceive well we talked about this last last week where i was like yo this is this is podcast jerry this is not jerry at home jerry you know Mm -hmm. i I curse way more at home than i do on the podcast but um yeah and i also think maybe you might have a different perspective of it because you handle alcohol as well Mm -hmm. at work so it's almost like you're I don't know. I'm not here to analyze you, but I I feel feel like I've been doing that a lot. But it's almost like your shield, you know, like, yo, my recovery is my shield. Like I wear this on my chest because you're having to touch booze 
and bring it to people. Like my wife bought a bottle of Monopolova like four days ago and it's just been, dude, she's had like two drinks out the motherfucker. It just sits there in the shelf in the fridge and it's a reminder, it like glows, but it doesn't glow in a good way. No, that's the wrong word for it. It doesn't glow. I'm aware of it. It's in my periphery. I open up to get ice. It's right there. I don't want the Monopolova. I really don't because I know what comes of it. I know what comes mm-hmm. of it. But I guess with you, you've got to like be around it all the fucking time. So to you, you're like, yeah, I wear my recovery like yeah. a shield. I, and I don't know if you do or not. This is just how I see When I see you, that's how I see it, you know. Whereas I'm rarely around booze. Yeah. I mean, when people ask me about it, like a guy was asking me something about, oh, how's the how are the podcasts doing or whatever? And I was telling them, you know, the one, the gluten is not your problem. We haven't recorded one. And, mm-hmm. you know, Walter's been dealing with some other shit and been busy. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, but the other one's going really well. And I said, yeah, I do one, you know, and I was telling him about this one. And he's like, oh, I didn't know that. And he's just kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> right. And there was just this sort of like, oh, like, What's that that little meme where the little puppet is like looking forward and then looking to the side? Yes, you know yeah, I know exactly. Like, uh-huh, I pictured immediately. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and uh, oh, oh, you're one of those. Oh, you're one of those. Oh, you're a fucking and yard was... sale in a rainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> what did you say? A yard sale in a rainstorm? <laughs> yeah, that's how I always oh, felt. Just all mess. my shit out in the lawn while it's getting uh-huh. rained on, and I'm like, party time. Um. But yeah, so it wasn't the the conversation didn't go any further than that, and I have no idea. I don't know if this person has a problem or feels they have a problem, or maybe they right. don't give a shit, or they're just like, oh, wow. surprised that you hold yourself Sur- together so well. Right, exactly, because you know the stigma of an alcoholic is that you're a mess, and it's like, well, right. yeah. Um. So. So there's yeah, and I do I do, so at work it doesn't come up very often. Um, right. But when it does, I tell people straight up. And yeah. I yes, I'm in a 12 step program. Yes, I go to AA meetings. So yes, uh, I'm in recovery. Um, no, I don't care if you have another glass of wine while you're working back here in the corner. And like, yeah, you're like, what shit do I give? Like, there's like the little happy hour cart that they set up for themselves with potato chips and Chardonnay. And I'm like, that's cool by me. Like, are you, you're not, it's not bothering me. It doesn't, it, you're, if it's not affecting your work, I don't really care. Right. Um, but, uh, so yeah, man, it's it's just uh, it comes. I guess it maybe it comes up a lot more for me, but yeah, I just I, think so. I I have I don't have a problem with it anymore. And in fact, I right. think it's I try to have it be a healthy expression. There are other things, you know. I mean, that I like that I get into and that I enjoy, and not everything has to be sobriety related. But this just happens to be where I'm at right now. And who the fuck knows where we're gonna be next year. Right. And I think it's like the, it's all connected for you, just like it is for me. It's all interconnected. Like you run because mm-hmm. you're sober. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you are aware of your fitness and your health now because you're sober. Like you do this podcast and you have lots of face to, you know, lots of messaging time with social time with other people because of your sobriety. You know, mm-hmm. I, you're way more like you. You got your elbows, you know, you're up to your elbows in it way more than I am. But that's just because. I like this. My choice is to always be off standish, man. I'm always one foot out the door with everything. You've known me for years. I don't commit really to a lot of shit. I'm like, "Eh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe. Well, that's why when we were talking about artwork the other day and you were like, is there a deadline on this? And I was like, no, not now. Um, it's probably fine for now. And then I was like, oh fuck, I need to really give him a deadline or he won't do it. Right. Or I'm just not going to do it till I get to Arizona. That's <laughs> probably what we're looking Which, at. I mean, yeah. I, you got, you, you got a lot on your plate right now and I'm not, oh, I got so much on my plate. Are you joking? Ugh. You're not joking. Oh, <laughs> what do. about the Arizona thing? About, we'll about see what things on your plate. Your plate's full. Yeah, no, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. I have so much fine. on my plate. I'm like so full. It's crazy. No, I'm not being sarcastic. As a matter of fact, my wife and I started talking about it and I started spiraling last night. And I was like, I need to finish these paintings. I need to tattoo this this client of mine. I need to get my stuff from the shop. We need to pack. We need to do this. And Megan's like, one step at a time, dude. You're already mm-hmm. doing. And that's when the alcoholism came up because she's like, you're already doing your shit one day at a time as it is. So just one day at a time this. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. You worry about all of it at once. It's going to drive you crazy. Because I literally was getting bug-eyed like, fuck. I have to do everything and I'm not even started yet. Like I'm barely started and we mm. got to get this all out of here by mid-December. And she's like, it's okay. One day at a time. There's two of us. We got it. So, um, 
Yeah, man. I don't know. I, don't I just, know, man. I you're just, just around it a lot more than me. She what? She's grounded a lot more. No, I yeah. said you're around it a you're lot more than me. Yes. I was looping back to our pre- yes uh, previous so, subject. Yeah. So it's not only is it. I'm not. I'm not happily. All right. How do I want to put this? I'm not out there proudly waiting for any moment to interject my sobriety <laughs> and recover right. into a conversation. You don't have a t-shirt, right? You ain't got a t-shirt yet. Right. And in fact, right, like former blackout artist on your t-shirt, right, exactly. which I think is hilarious still, but former yeah. blackout artist. There was, there's, there's one, there's one girl at work and she still will ask me if I want to taste the wine. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever had a direct conversation, but I feel like I have. So every time I just go like, no, I'm really good. I'm good. You go ahead. You enjoy. And then she'll ask me again, like the same day. Mm-hmm. The same, like, are you sure you don't want to taste this Pinot Noir? My friend made it, or it's really delicious. And I'm like, I'm really okay. Thank you so much. Is she and an she, alcoholic? She just forgets <laughs> shit. I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't see these people enough, and I don't. I really, I can't pass judgment, right? I mean, you have to decide that for yourself. Um, I. You can say what you will about people who drink at work, but I mean, the restaurant business is fraught with that. That's part of it. That's fucking that's crazy. just yeah. That that's just coming through the just, door. That's, that's probably yeah. problematic in its own right because of the levels of stress and anxiety that are put into restaurants, so that your ability to make money is um, only if you are continually overworked and stretched too thin. Ooh, yeah, dude, right? you're plugging the leaks while they show up. Fuck that. Yeah. I, my love goes out to anybody in the service industry, especially yeah. dealing with recovery. But maybe you gotta look at this girl and just put your hands on her shoulders and be like, Kelsey, I'm a fucking <laughs> alcoholic. I don't fucking drink. Put that in your brain. Mm-hmm. And shake her and she'll never forget. Shake right. the fuck out of her and she won't forget. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a fucking alcoholic. If I drink this, I'll burn this place down. Basically, you'll find me sleeping in the back. You know, right. passed out. In I the will kitchen. be in my car, asleep in the parking mm-hmm. lot, because of your fucking Pinot Gris. Mm-hmm. Chill know, the fuck out. I Kels. know where the whiskey is in the basement. That they use. For, <laughs> well, they, I love they, it. they do like they use a little bit for. Um, it's just so funny. There's like a. They put a little bit of bourbon in this vanilla maple ice cream or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so like very often with the dish bit or something, you'll see on the rack a big handle jug of Jim Beam just sitting there empty. Oh, man. And it's just yeah. kind of funny to me because they're like, oh, we're just put just put a little bit in the ice cream. You know, just a little teaspoon. I love it. Though. I love that threat. You're like, I know where they keep the whiskey. That's so fucking funny to me. I don't know why that's that just know lights up in my head. I, I, I was, know where they, I know where they keep the Sambuca. Um, I know where they keep the, uh, yeah. So, um, but it's mostly uh, just pastries. Yeah. So I just think about my purpose and that wanting this, well, one, this initial desire to want to uncouple it from my sobriety mm-hmm. and want, and now it can be incorporated and it can be a part of it and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be everything. And I don't have to wear a t-shirt that says, you know, proud to be sober or you right. know like so but rocks. i want to i want to throw that out there though if you do that's, that's cool though we're not judging you i'm really not judging you i just meant it more as an analogy than anything else or metaphor right right, right. the t-shirt as a metaphor and so yeah the t-shirt because i didn't want to right and i don't know what that is maybe there's something maybe there's something an issue in there where i'm like well why don't you why do you why do you not want to talk about it? And I just don't want to inundate people with my shit because I've done it for so long as an alcoholic. So did as a I. Drunk. I, I was did it as interjecting my too. problem. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. so I think, but I have no problem with the two of them coexisting at this point as I try to navigate creating a life where I don't have to clock in and clock out, um, so to speak, for somebody else. Yeah, and I, that sounds really vague and um whatever but i mean because it is i don't i haven't figured out a plan yet i haven't figured out i haven't written down the steps about how to create that life right Um, maybe that's your purpose is figuring out the plan right that's do you know what i mean mm -hmm. like maybe the fucking treasure was the journey all along (laughs) (laughs) the true the true treasure was the friendship they found was the friendship and the journey journey. it was never about getting the declaration of independence it was about Mm -hmm. the trip we took to get it i never saw national treasure was it good 
No, I never saw it either. I just, okay. I just, my brain connected it. The last Nicolas Cage movie I think I saw was Bad Lieutenant Portocol. I've seen New a Orleans. bunch of wild shit he's done. I, I would Ugh. suggest those over National Treasure, like the Color of Space or whatever. Color Out of Space was fucking wild. Mandy was awesome. Anyway, Mandy That's was the great. Movie, I love right? it. Yeah, kids. it's great. Okay. It's fucking insane. But <clears throat> so it's just about kind of, I think too. That maybe, although I have to go to go to a job, and it, I'm really grateful for the job. I thought about this because I was out of work there while the while the, the fires yeah. were going on, right? And there was smoke throughout the air, everywhere. And you know, work was in an evacuation zone. And when we got to work, and I got to work a couple days ago, I was really grateful to be able to have an income and have a job. It's just, I just don't want to have it tethered to this one place that could be taken away from me at any given moment. Yeah, but I want to yeah. stay grateful that I have this as I find my purpose, right? As I find my way, as I as I travel the what is it? I trudge the happy path to destiny. What is the it? The happy road of destiny? Yeah, trudge the happy, road, the of happy road of destiny. Yeah. Um as I trudge the happy road of destiny that I have mm-hmm. this to go to right for the time being and that I can right. continue to create my purpose in tandem with having um a job. This is a trip, man. These are like single guy thoughts, right? It's really funny because like my, yes. Yeah. Because what you're thinking is like someone who you are already kind of untethered with the exception of work, right? Like I think about my purpose in life. I'm like, so while you're talking, of course I'm listening, but also thinking about things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what is my greater purpose here? And it's not like these weird things like, oh, tattooing or painting. Like I'm married and have a kid and I'm like, man, is it that is it that stereotypical like raise my daughter? But it is like that is part of my greater purpose now is to like make sure that I don't fuck this kid up too bad and like send her out into the world with reasoning and common sense and and kindness and understanding. And the same with like being married to my wife and like to me, marriage was never uh, what's the word? It's It was never like this big sacred thing to me. It was just like, okay, we're leveling up our relationship. Now we need, like I told my wife, we now we need a lawyer to break up. You know, that's all it was. It's, now you're like my girlfriend. It's like you're like my extra girlfriend, you know? Mm-hmm. But I mean, even to just be a good partner to someone and be like, and care about them. And like, cause like you gotta, like being alone or living life alone, we all live it alone anyway in our own reality. But to be able to like- you be with someone and be like, all right, you're going to have a hard time. I got your back. I'm going to always have a hard time. So you got to have my back, you know, like our kids might have a hard time. So we got to have her back. So my purpose gets bigger. Like my circle gets bigger. So in some ways I really envy you because I'm like, man, John's got this really simple fucking life where it's like, you just get up and eat your oatmeal. And, and I know there's more to it. There's like a lot more facets to John. I mean, I wish uh, what's wasn't, provincial? So beautiful, but yeah, provincial. Your life is, in my mind, your life is very provincial in some ways because you do. You get up and you eat like the things you need to eat, and you work out, and you contemplate. You write in your journal, and then you go run, and then you go to work, and you have kind of this social time at work, and then you come back home, and then like you mm-hmm. might call your girlfriend or whatever. You might yeah. spend some time with her. You might spend some time alone. <clears throat> you know, like, and to me, it's like very different. You're, There's well, just you're a lot always of, with somebody. There's yes, and I'm always having to do something for someone else. So I'm always having to wake someone up for school or make sure so, they're doing their thing or yeah, feeding so, dogs and cats. And I mean, there's a couple of things here, and I think that yes, we do have two very different lives, and that which is when fine. I, when I think about my girlfriend, <laughs> when I think about my mm-hmm. partner, and I think about this year and all of the everything that it has wrought, um, W R O U G H T, not R O T. Um, but that we are extraordinarily independent people and we are, we do a lot on our own and, you know, we Mm -hmm. come together when we can and we've had problems and we've had, we've had wonderful times together and it's been almost, it'll be five years this month. Wow. And I don't even know like what, I don't know what the gift is to give five years. Um, a dog. A dog. No, I don't think she. That's an awful gift. <laughs> no, she's don't all, give she's, animals. Right. She's like animals are fine, but they need to stay outside. I don't want any animals right. in the house. Um, but, but that's so that's the thing, and you see it, and you're like, yes, you spend a lot of time alone, and you have these, like you said, it almost feels like single guy stuff, and it's you know my relationship with my girlfriend is that there is a whole, there's a huge amount of autonomy, 
and that mm. has allowed me to um, focus on other things that I wouldn't have yeah. if I had a live-in girlfriend. If I if we were married and we lived together, it'd be a very different life. And I think there are some things about that hugely individualistic relationship that we carry that I mm-hmm. and I we talk about it like I wish I could see you more I wish there was more time and yeah. people are just fucking busy you know yeah we all got shit to do I mean your girlfriend is independently she, an independent yeah, contractor I mean, in her own right so she has to depend do you know what I mean? you'll both work. have to depend mm-hmm. yeah on yourselves so she has yeah she has all of her own stuff she's taking classes she's got work like I and I'm i I bless it every day. I, you know, I'm grateful for it every day that she has had regular work in such an irregular industry sometimes, you know? And so, um, and then you have this family unit, which I know (laughs) it's fucking so weird, dude. Right. So I, and I don't know what that's like to wake up and have people there and maybe have people awake before you or after you or have to tend to these Mm -hmm. things. And so you have this series of responsibilities and tasks that need to be done. And, um, you know, I, am not saying it's footloose and fancy free over here necessarily, but probably probably a few more hours in the morning that I have to myself than you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So trying to find a purpose in life and maybe, maybe I'm overthinking it. But I also don't want to wake up. I don't want it to. I don't want to be like sixty-five and go like, "Fuck." Mm-hmm. Am I gonna go? I don't think you're overthinking it. I think you're yeah. just really. Fa- I think in your recovery, you're hitting a point now where you're really facing your own timeline, and you're like, "So what? What? What do I do here? What do I do now? What? What is the purpose of this? Why the fuck am I even sober?" If if you know what I'm saying, like now that I've got this tool in my belt, what do I do with it? You know, and I still do it too. Like I wonder about my purpose all the time. But I think, like I said, I think I have a everything for me is like basic. Uh, I don't want to say basic survival, but everything's really immediate. Like things need to happen right now, which that happens for you as well at work. You know, mm-hmm. so I think when I do have the time and I sit down and think about it, like what what is my purpose? What am I doing here? Like, I'm like, ah, I got to be a dad. That's my purpose. Like, I think maybe my question's already answered, but I know there's more depth to it than that. Do you know what I mean? You still have Jerry autonomy to explore, right? Like, there's not. Oh, yeah. There's a ton of Jerry to explore. (laughs) I just need to go out in the woods and do it, you know? I, you know, and I I think that that would be if I, I just can't, I can't express how important it is to be alone to me. Right. And I think that I think a lot of people could benefit from that. And I know it's not Mm -hmm. something that is easy, especially if you have a family and you live in a house and it's the middle of a fucking pandemic and people are unemployed and on and on and on and on. Right. Right. Like if I, you know, I I know that if I lived where you lived, if I lived in Eugene, I would be Mm -hmm. out fucking out in the woods at least once a week. Yeah. You know, even Mm -hmm. the ones that are close, just because. That solitude, there's something there that happens that doesn't happen anywhere else for me. Right, right. And I That's why know. I like to run, though, yeah. because there's nobody there. It's just me. Mm-hmm. And I pass the other runners on the trail, and I nod or give them the hand or whatever. But I think that's, that's why the running for me works really well. But, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know so. what my purpose is. Yeah, that's it's a strange one. It's it's a great question, and we didn't even get to the procrastinate. We we actually literally procrastinated the procrastination part, which you're fucking welcome, podcast listener, because we are that's meta. But I think my purpose right now, honestly, in sobriety, is to create because I mm-hmm. think in when I was drunk, I didn't create as much as I, I think I destroyed way more than I created, and I think I create way more now than I destroy. And even if it's something I create for me. Even if I were a lousy fucking painter, I'd probably still paint because I wanted to make things, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. or make music or just, I like making things and stepping back and being like, that came from me. Mm-hmm. Like I, that pushed that out of my body. Just like you like collaborating with other people because you're like, I may not be able to make this the way I want to, but this person can, so we can work on it together. Cause you can't, I mean, you could build mm-hmm. a house by yourself, but it probably wouldn't be the greatest house and take forever. Take forever. And you'd have to learn yeah. a bunch and. You contract out a bunch of motherfuckers, you can still have them make what you want. I mean, you're a producer. We're both producers in different ways. Right. Yeah. And I think that, too, I love being able to, like, when I when I hear something or see something and I go, damn it, hmm. I can't do that. But I wonder if Jerry 
has something. And it doesn't even right. have to be something. I don't maybe don't even need you to create something brand new. And sometimes it just needs right. to be simple. Like it's like I think about the uh, the comic book American Splendor. Yeah. And um, so it was Robert Crumb who drew it, and it's very right. dark and depressing and it beautiful at the same time. And who was the guy? The movie uh, it was. What was the guy's name who wrote it? I can't remember now. It's right gonna, there too. I was gonna uh, say Harvey Corman, but, anyway. but that's like no, but it's Harvey something. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, but so in this American Splendor, you're going to look it up. Um, yeah, I'm looking up, I'm listening to you though. So he would basically have an idea for a cart comic, but he couldn't draw for shit. So he would just do stick figures and then Mm -hmm. doodle the captions and he would give them to Robert Crumb and Robert Crumb would draw them. And so it was all his words. And who was the, what was the name? Harvey Picar. Harvey Picar. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he's this very depressing individual but it's beautiful in right. that sort of american beauty way right mm-hmm. um so things like that to me is like i'll close my eyes and i have i may i might need to borrow a beat or something like that i just need like a few seconds a snippet of something if you've got anything already in your uh in your garage band in my playlist. garage band <laughs> well i got around. an idea so i got an mm. idea and I'll, I'll talk to you about it off screen um but uh that i that i want to borrow from something that we used to do back in the day um so that being said, and finding our purpose and navigating our way, one of the things that fucking troubles me and that I that puts me into um, frustration and resistance and anger is my my procrastination and my inability to pull the trigger on things. And we talked about this with our with our long haired friend. I talked about this with our long haired friend the other night too about like there's no perfect time. Just fucking pull the trigger and deal with. The, dealing with the consequences of pulling the trigger now rather than waiting for a perfect time are better than the consequences of waiting for the perfect time that's never going to come and exactly. sitting on it. Yeah. That's so funny you bring it up with him because this is – I don't even know if you're talking about me because literally this is a conversation I was having mm-hmm. with my wife. And of course no. I'm a huge – I'm very self-centered so fucking everything's about me. And it was just about this moving because the initial plan was to go to Arizona in June. And I was like, let's just fucking go now. Let's just go mm-hmm. now. Why wait? Because if we can deal with the fallout of pulling the trigger now and just pushing off now, then sitting here and dwindling our savings and waiting till it's so-called safe for us. You know, I wasn't talking about you, but yes, this is a perfect But example. I mean, it just really relates because the idea of, of procrastination as far as like, I don't know, just cleaning up the mess. When we were drunks, it was like always easier to ask for fucking forgiveness than it was for permission. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you know what? I'm going to fucking stand on this table and tip it over and oh, sorry, you know, because if I didn't do that, then we all wouldn't have a story or whatever mm-hmm. fucking dumb reason we had for doing what we did when we were drunk. Or I'm going to do, you know, I don't know, any other yeah. example. Just, mm-hmm. but... Um, Maybe we can apply some of that drunk logic to our recovered lives That's because I do think we learn things in active alcoholism. I do think we learn some things, not lots of things, but some things, crude things, very crude things we can refine. And lots recover. of what not to do kind of stuff too. Yes, yes. Oh, tons of what not to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it struck me there was this thing that I heard about procrastination and I don't know where I heard it. It was either mm-hmm. in a meme or probably on fucking TikTok. Um, which, sorry, I was getting into the conspiracy uh, TikTok there. You get weird, man. I'm talking about this whole bee thing. But anyway. <laughs> they just vibrate, Jerry. They, they don't. Bees fly because they have wings. That's why they fucking fly. But go ahead. Sorry. It's, it's okay. That's like yelling at you on Instagram. I just yell I at you on Instagram every day. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? You're like, And then you laugh. I know you look at it and laugh and you're like, lols. Um, procrastination. And the reason that it it gets into my brain like like and it just it just fucks me up and it makes me procrastinate more is that what procrastination is is taking the task that i need to do or want to do and i do it in my head over and over and over so that by the time i actually have to go do it i've already done it a hundred mm-hmm. times in my head and i don't want to do it and so i'm like yeah. oh, i already did that thing and i i take as an example and I've got plenty of excuses because I got to go to work soon, so there's only so much I can do, or whatever it is. Right. right? Um, 
like with the Instagram page and how I would be so stressed out about not getting things out in time. And then I was like, fuck it, I'm not going to do it. And like, you know, I have to, it takes time to do this and that and blah, blah, blah. And then I would procrastinate it because in my mind, I didn't want to do the editing of the videos and find the clip and do all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I was doing it in my head. And then by the time I sat down to the computer, it was like, ugh. I'm exhausted. I don't want to do this shit because I already did it, right? So Mm -hmm. it's that same thing in, is it future tripping kind of? Like that idea of like I'm I'm doing the the thing in my head and in my subconscious and my subconscious doesn't know the difference. So maybe do the inverse and imagine it already done and then just go follow through with that. And so that's something that was, it was an interesting thought on procrastination Uh that made me think, Mm -hmm. oh, Stop thinking about it and go do it and just get it done. And then you don't have to relive that hell, that little mini hell of, you know, thinking about it and not doing it and then feeling shitty because you didn't do it. Right. That was my thought on procrastination. I don't know how you feel about I mean, because you're now basically you go and do these paintings. I mean, nobody's forcing you other than people are saying i'm going to pay you but i don't and i don't yeah. know if you're if you're being given deadlines or anything like that but. no no well i have dead like christmas deadlines for a okay. couple of them for okay. fucking three of them actually but mm. <laughs> mm. i don't think about it i'm like fuck but anyway no i just get up and do it because i'm compelled to do it right but even now in this podcast like while we're talking i'm like maybe i'll take the day off maybe i won't paint today i'll just go back into it tomorrow because the podcast is in the middle of the day and usually mm-hmm. i start painting right after i work out like around 11 10 mm-hmm. or 11 is when I go in and after all my chores and working out and then I'll paint to like four or five. But, um, yeah, like I just got to get up and do it. Like I just do it. I'm, it's part of my routine. Now I paint every day mm-hmm. from noon to four. I get, I take a break at two and I make a sandwich and sit in front of the painting and eat the sandwich. And then I paint <laughs> because that's just what I do. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like going to the tattoo shop now. It's just what it is. But no, I definitely future trip on a lot of that shit. And I'm like, oh, I got to block this in and do this and do this and do that. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was doing it while we were talking. I was like, man, I'll just go play No Man's Sky for the fucking three hours, which I still might do. Who knows? Hey, Future's man. Uncertain. I mean, it's fine. It's it take the future's uncertain and the end is always near, as Jim Morrison once said. Um, oh, my God. That man. <laughs> so I, I this it was just an interesting thought on procrastination that I really enjoyed mm-hmm. and I, I thought I would share that um, just because it helps to remind me to just go and get the shit done and not dwell on you know because it's so easy to get distracted and it's so easy yeah dude yeah yeah um, especially, especially yeah especially now with all, so many distractions I mean right. I, gotta, I gotta check my TikTok Jerry. You got to check your fucking conspiracy TikTok. Bees fly because they have wings, John. So yeah, and I don't man. know if the president recorded his press conferences before he went. I don't know. I just fuck that guy and fucking fuck bees. I hate bees too, but they got to fly. They got to fly. I do. I hate bees. Bees. I hate do wasps you? more actually. Bees have wasps. purpose. Bees have purpose. Wasps are just angry, angry bees. They're just mean cunts. Wasps. What is the purpose of a wasp? Is there any to purpose? sting me on my neck when I'm doing my fucking run and fuck oh, up my right, five dude. miles? How it did flew that... into the neck gator in the back, man. Flew into it <laughs> and got trapped inside. And yeah, and just <laughs> I'll sting my way out of this. I was like, fucking really? Like that's wow. like if I got caught in a door and decided I'm gonna punch my way out of this door. Fuck wasps. Fuck there, them forever. There you go. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man, I uh, I am looking forward to today and this next week. And yeah, me too. Um, let's do it. That, there break. You go. Break. Yeah. Break. Um. All right, Jerry. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. And, thank you, um, man. Um. For all you guys listening out there, if and when you hear this, if we haven't already recorded it, but we would love any questions that you have for us. Oh there. yeah, Q, huh? Q is for Q and A. Currently, I think I have two questions, so it'll be we'll just draw those out. Um, but yes, please, if you're watching this, thank you. If you're listening to this, thank you. Yeah, and uh, send us any and all questions. Yeah. All hey, right. I want to give a shout out to a listener, that Tony Tony Guadano. Guadano. I don't know. I don't Guadano? know how to say it. Yeah, I don't. Want, I'm not trying to play it up like, hey, here's the. Italian version of his name, but yeah, mm-hmm. that dude's cool. Sent us some t-shirts. What did you get? He wants. He sent me a t-shirt from his band. Okay. 
What's the name of the yeah. band? Is it um? I think it's Trading uh, Heroes for Ghosts. Okay. They do hardcore music. It's pretty cool. It's like uh, it's like a, it's like hardcore metal. No, it's not metal. It's like it's hard to explain. It's hard. It's scream. It's it's when you fucking feel hardcore. Like when you go outside and feel hardcore, you yell at the neighbor's dog, take your shirt <laughs> off, fucking do push-ups, throw a pumpkin in the street. You know. Except for the pumpkin, that's my usually my afternoon. I mean, I don't yell yeah. at the dog. The dog's name is Molly, and I just usually go like, I'm at this point where I'm like, yes, Molly, I know Molly. We've done that's this my before. dog. My dog sucks, dude. My dog like, goes and tears it up. Molly, you know me, and then I'll get close to her, and she'll like run away and bark some more, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'll walk away, and she'll come back up to the fence, and I'm like, yes, Molly, it's just me walking back from the mailbox. I'm going to go do some Well, now you got to listen to Trading Heroes for Ghosts on your Trading fucking earbuds. Right. Yeah, and then just fucking growl at the dog, and the dog will be like, oh, shit, that's some fucking East Coast hardcore right there. I need to get the fuck out of here. Got too real. But no, I wanted to, I wanted to thank that guy because he sent out a care package. and That's yeah. awesome. And that's uh, awesome. He, he said he wanted to buy some Green Camel Press t-shirts. I need a new one too, by the way. We're brought to you by Green be... Camel Press. <laughs> yes, yes. So I'm actually working with a, with a woman in Portland, and she's going to be selling some designs and stuff in her store not uh, her online store. So I will have mm-hmm. stuff. I've got about two and a half weeks to come up with all that shit. So mm-hmm. we've all got a lot to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so. if you follow me on Instagram, check it out. I got t-shirts for sale still too on Teespring. That's Same old right. designs, but I still got them. That's right. Yeah. Now, I, right. Mean, well, I guess we're plugging. So yeah. <laughs> all right, you guys stay safe right, and have fun. Take care, Jerry. Yeah. Be good. Bye. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>